0: you're listening to wins above fantasy part of the pictureless podcast network with van burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everyone. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 92. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, and we are one week from opening day. That feels good to say. I'm Van Burnett, joined as always by Steve Giswelli. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Wins Above Pod. I'm at Van Verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. We've got a great show ahead, Steve. It is an iconic one because this is year three for the chalkboard predictions, which we'll tell any of our listeners who are not familiar the background on that. It's all about accountability, putting our name next to two targets, two fades for the entire year, planting our flag. And we also got some flag plant bold predictions, Steve. Your article just dropped. It's great. You guys got to go check that out on PitcherList, Steve DiSuele's Bold Predictions. You can Google it. It pops right up. Steve, it's a very fun show, man. We're one week out from opening day. We are getting the crystal ball out, making our our predictions, our calls. Some of these are more on the volatility side. The other ones are, you know, really trying to give sound advice to the listeners. So I'm pumped, man. It's been a fun show every time we've done this. And it's year three, man. We're starting to get some gray hairs on on the podcast here. But how's it going, dude?
1: Yeah, it's good. I could not believe that this is year three. I was like, Wait, we did this two times already? Right? It's the third time it's coming up. It's uh-huh. it's crazy. Um you know, I, I I know we did plenty of shows before that, but I, I feel like that was like right before our first regular season. It was our first little like theme show that we did, so it it, it was uh
0: Tradition born. Yeah. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. And yeah. yeah. So I think we're all in this like still suffering from this uh COVID time warp and uh, yeah, little moments like this you kind of snap out of it and you're like holy smokes man, we're eight episodes from 100, we're in year three I know on the chalkboards first season you thought I was the the master over here and then last season you whooped me on the chalkboard predictions. so we kind of got the rubber match going on here, <laughs> not that it's uh, too competitive but this you know, we'll, we'll get into it all I think the bold predictions is where we gotta start because that's Ten predictions from each one of us, and I guess first, give, give me a little background on the article, Steve. It's always exciting when you put something out there. Uh, did you use like an AI chat bot to write the whole thing, or was this like an original article?
1: No, no, this was this was an original article. It was nice. This is the second year doing the bold prediction article, so I had like a template for how I wanted to do it. Um, it was, you know, not e- not necessarily easier to write or anything like that, but uh, it, it was. Cool that I had a format already down and knew how to approach it and, and how to attack it. Um, for sure. And, and then just kind of like did my research. It was a lot of prep, like a, like a, like for a show. Like if we have a list of names that we want to talk about, like, yep. here's a list of guys that I like, and and this these are the reasons why I like them, and, and kind of got went went on it from there. Um, which which was fun. It's it's a lot of fun writing that article. Um, you always gotta and, you give it
0: the stress test right where you're like is this bold enough do I need to go bold Exactly. exactly yeah.
1: and I I was about to say like a big thing that I tried to hit on in the in the, in the intro and, and I did it last year is you know defining what a bold prediction is like I remember last year like I posted it to Reddit and like it's like, oh, you know, the comments are like, none of this is coming true. Like, it's just ridiculous. Right. Like, well, yeah, that's the point. That's how you know it's a good bold prediction article if it's most likely not going to come true. Yeah. Um, Judge is
0: going to hit 40 homers. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I saw,
1: you know, I I, I don't know what, what site it was on, not to, like, trash anyone, but there was, like, uh, Mike Trout will win AL MVP, bold predictions. like, well, uh, you know, how many MVPs is Mike Trout have? And, like, all he needs to do is stay on the field for, like, 20 more games than usual, and he's he's
0: a, a lock
1: to be a, a finalist, right? Like right. Nick always says, enough. or Nick Pollock, um, you know, the head of pitcher list, obviously. Um, he sent out a message. I don't know if he did it last year or this year, uh, or he did it last year. I don't know if he did it again this year, but um, he says that a good bold prediction article would be getting two out of 10, right? So 20%. So, oh man, he's taxing. I, I used to think it was yeah. one
0: out of 10. I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I yeah. yeah. So,
1: so still, still, you know, um, it's, it, it's not likely it needs to be unlikely, but there needs to be good reason behind it. And, you know, just because a bold prediction doesn't come exactly true. Like there could be a lot to gain from it. Right. Like, you know, I, I, Proudly mentioned Shane McClanahan in a bold prediction article last year. Same with Dylan Cease. Neither of the bold predictions were right, but if you bumped them up your draft board a little bit because of that, like in spirit, it was right. Like It's kind of balancing the line. Like You want to be bold enough to have a prediction that might not necessarily come true unless like the 99th percentile outcome comes true on the guy. But also if the 80th percentile outcome comes true, it still should be pretty good, and that's kind of how uh, – I approached it, and
0: yeah, there is. I think the
1: proper way to do bold predictions.
0: That's a good segue, though, because I think there is a little bit of a difference. Because you know, stay tuned. We're going to talk about you know more or less like thirty players on this show, and we like them all for the most part, minus a couple of fades in there. But bold predictions are a little bit different, Steve, in that it's kind of the boom bust element. It doesn't mean that we we're not going to have any shares or that we think they're too risky or anything, but I don't know about you some of my bold predictions when I thought about do I do I put them on the chalkboard it's almost like you have to account for floor in a way for the chalkboard yeah the, where you don't whereas for bold, whereas predictions, for bold yeah. predictions it's almost you're leaning into the guys who could really go off is that fair yeah ab- absolutely
1: I think that it's a it's cool that we combine this for the same show it's it's like you know you want to be able to balance something that you think is a great value and yeah. also simultaneously has a high floor, or something that you want to avoid, with more strictly going for an upside and a, and a crazy outcome prediction for uh, for a bold prediction.
0: Yeah, well said. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of the head and the heart, and we're gonna start with the heart <laughs> with the ones that we just you know you kind of feel in your gut, and we're gonna do these bold predictions. Now the the caveat for our listeners is. We have ten each. Uh, Steve's article published. Mine is almost completely written, but we've got ten each, so we've got to do something we don't often do on Winds Above Fantasy, which is the lightning round here. You know, we pride ourselves in, in digging deep, but Steve, I think I'm going to set the timer, and for these, we're going to we're going to basically have the one minute pitch, and see how it goes. You know, I mean, maybe uh, this will be successful. Maybe we'll completely <laughs> fail uh, our own tests, but, uh, how do you feel about the, the shot clock? Are you down to just kind of jump in and and start getting into them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm down to do it. Let's, let's do it. I love it. It's a, it's a great idea. Very innovative. Maybe, uh, you know, when we, when we hit it big and we have like, you know, a full soundboard with sound effects, we could, we could, uh, implement those type of things. Or, you know, if this, uh, becomes like our full-time job or something
0: like that. Yeah, you know, I could drop something in, but I, I would really want to do like the the Fox playoff baseball music and all that oh, like, yeah. and oh, copyright yeah. trouble or something. <laughs> uh, well, Steve, you will be first once you get a sip of water over there and I'll put you on the spot. But I've got my timer ready. Uh, you know, feel free to let it rip on bold prediction number one.
1: All right, so bold prediction number one for me. Shohei Otani wins AL MVP and Cy Young, um, which I don't know if that happened since in, in the year Verlander got his, his his MVP. I think maybe it did, but yeah, it's rare. Um, but I think what's going to happen is that Otani is going to p- combine his 2021 hitting season where he won MVP for that and was a really good pitcher, in despite of that. Yeah, uh, along with that, and then. Last year with at what he did on the mound um, with the new sinker that he has you know hitting 100. You saw him strike out Mike Trout at the World Baseball Classic last night Good as Lord. we record this on, on Tuesday. Uh, I, I think it's all going to come together. I think he made plate improvements that weren't seen in the overall slugging line or home run total. He made more contact, struck out less. Um, and then just as he constantly improves as a pitcher, as you see it every year, um he'll do enough to win a Cy Young despite not pitching close to 200 innings um less and less people pitch 200 innings anyway so 160 innings of Otani will be good enough to win the Cy Young uh, along with his MVP award
0: okay that was 108 Steve I was gonna play you off the stage like Oscar style but that was pretty (laughs) good man that was like you you work in radio or something okay so bold prediction number one for me Vinny Pasquantino will be a top 10 hitter in OBP leagues uh Yeah, coming out bold here. He's projected 52nd on the Rasball OBP player rater. And I think he's ready to surge, folks. Uh, Last year had uh, the 11th lowest strikeout rate in all of the majors. That right next to an identical walk rate. So walks as much as he strikes out. And he hit 295 last year. And that's when he had a slump to start the season. So I think Vinny P... Uh, the plate discipline is not a question. The question from projections is more on the power, where most systems only have not projected at like 23 homers. However, if you look in the minors, his ISO was always miles ahead of that. Last year, his ISO in the majors was 155. In the minors prior to that, 284, 250, 274. I think Vinny P is a 30-home run hitter. I think his OBP is going to be around 390 and cleanup all year. He's going to have great counting stats. I think Vinny Pascotino is a top 10 OBP league player, and that's 107 as well, Steve. So I also had to get played off the stage. Uh, but we're having fun here. Let's let's jump back to you for your second bold prediction.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, real quick. Don't start the timer okay, too, all right, we're too quickly. But, uh, you know... Uh, I think that we talked about it last episode. I think that people are sleeping on Vinny P's power. Like all that was talked about was how this guy was homering every day in AAA and A AA last year before he got called up. So, yep. um, great call there. All right. Speaking of power, my next bull prediction, Aaron judge hits more homers in 2023 than he did in 2022. Uh, so he hit 62 last year. He's going to hit more in 2023. Um, what led me to that bold prediction was just uh, you know browsing his Statcast page, just looking at that expected parks home run total, and he was expected more home runs than twenty out of the thirty ballparks. So, um, not that that you can prorate that in any stadium because you don't play in every single uh, you know uh, park, uh, all your games in every single park, but. Um, You know, it's still impressive that he has that kind of raw power. Additionally, the player page on uh, pitcher list, he basically lives in his own atmosphere for the power uh, grade. His rolling chart is like, you know, there's 90th percentile. Then you go up 10 levels in the elevator. Then
0: that's where Aaron Judge lived all year. So, uh,
1: yeah, he's going to hit more home runs in 2023.
0: All right. You're ahead of time there, Steve. That is uh, a very impressive uh, you're setting the bar for me so I got to come back in but by the way I think you know I wouldn't be shocked if judge did that so I think that's a good it, it would it's bold for sure but that is possible which is crazy to say All right so my second yeah, maybe bold maybe prediction. I'm not
1: maybe I'm you're saying I'm not bold enough there I guess maybe yeah, no, I no, no 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 yeah. I think
0: it's it's in that nice 10 20% I would say closer yeah. to 10 or 5% cuz that's historical but it is yeah. judge yeah. It is judge Okay so my second bold prediction Nico Horner finishes as a top three second baseman. Uh, now, right now, he's not even eligible at the position, guys, but uh, <laughs> he will be shortly. And he's set to bat leadoff for the Cubs, which is notable because he did that very little last season. And he's got an improved lineup behind him there. I think that's really going to help his counting stats. Uh, if you're if you're wondering, he's the he would be the ninth second baseman off the board right now. So. This would have to put him third around names like Simeon, Altuve, who's out for a little bit, Jazz Chisholm, Ozzy Albies, Tommy Edmund, but I love Nico Horner. Strikes out just 11% of the time, just like Pasquintino. Last year, he had a 281 with just a 300 BABIP, which is reasonable. His X average is all in line with that. But what I like most is that the speed should erupt this year. Batting leadoff. He stole 20 bags last year, but just 135 games. I think this guy's got a shot at 30 steals. The pop at 10, 12 homers, batting close to 290 with 30 steals. I think this guy could be a top three second baseman next year for the Cubs. Okay, I ran over there, Steve. I know that's that's a little that's bit right. of a bold one, but I, I, I like Horner, man. I got a lot of shares for being a card <laughs> With fan. With
1: everything that's happened to the second base position with Altuve going down, um I'm really glad that we've kind of identified Horner as a target because he's come cheaper in NFBC. I think because he doesn't have that two B tag just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't in Yahoo yet either, but I mean in Yahoo you'll get it in like you know over the weekend, five games essentially. But um, I, I think it's I think it's a a great call and a great second base target, especially considering how brutal the position is now without Altuve.
0: Yeah, number seventeen on PLV's contact leaderboard. Number seventeen is Nico Horner, so he's got the hit tool. All right, you're up, Steve. Yeah. All right, so
1: not not a specific um, player, but maybe more for like a macro fantasy level analysis. Uh, Over five guys will have forty steals. I think for the first time since 2013, I believe it is. Wow. I think steals are going to be up like crazy. I think we're kind of at a point where we're deciding, oh, who is going to steal more? Is it the guy who guys already steal 30 bases? The guy who steals five are going to be eight. I think it's going to be a lot more just across the board. Um, In spring training, guys have been taking off at a crazy rate. I think it's up 23%. They're having more success. Um, Not only are the bigger bases going to play a role, but the pickoff rule, you can only throw over twice. So I think that'll help guys like Trey Turner, um, guys that they throw over a bunch on. Uh, and then the bigger bases will just help guys you know get that extra you know split second which i think is a big factor for a lot of teams they they map this out and have it all planned out when you can go when you can't go it's, it's such a strategy guys are going to go a lot more now uh, we're seeing in the spring training it's going to carry over the regular season
0: i think stolen bases will be up across the board everywhere now i love it and let's we could take a pause there so you know you mentioned uh, you know, Turner, but overall, like, do you have the five in mind? Or is, no, it, is it blank? I,
1: yeah. do, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, guys that come to mind are like Turner, Acuna, Acuna. J Rod, uh, and then the other guys like, you know, Jorge, Mateo. Or yeah, like Jorge Mateo, the guys that are just steel guys. Like, maybe if they could steal 40, 50 bases, they now, like, that player now becomes more useful where let you know last year like a mile straw just isn't that useful because despite him stealing you know he can't hit it anywhere but if that 20 becomes 35 40 then that player you know now has like you know the speed demon role now becomes you know the Scott Podsednik role becomes more relevant right, right. if stealing is that is, is up more across the board um, and you're able to to be more successful because of it so um the, there could be some playing time increases for the speed
0: only guys, which I think might, might also be a factor. Yeah, I dig it. All right, I'm jumping in. My next one is that Max Muncie finishes top three in home runs in the National League. Uh, right now, projections have him finishing 15th in the NL behind a bunch of Sluggers. You got the Dodgers, you got the Padres, you got the Phillies. But. Yeah, they, they've got him projected at 28. I think we're forgetting that just a year before last, Muncie had 36 bombs. And last year, he dealt with injury. He also came back, and he started to click in in the second half of the season. OPS was back up around 800. He had a red-hot August. His hard hit rate went up. But in the offseason, he was not satisfied. He moved away from a little swing change that he had. He went to driveline, added 7 miles per hour on his bat speed— I think Muncie is ready, and the Dodgers need him. I absolutely see a possibility where Muncie hits 37 bombs, hitting cleanup almost every day, maybe spelling out J.D. Martinez at DH, and trails only Pete Alonzo and Kyle Schwarber in the NL for home runs. Uh, right at the minute. Steve, we haven't talked about Muncie a whole lot. He's kind of that second, third base option, but... Uh, what do you think? You think Muncy could have a little balance here?
1: Yeah, I just took him in a draft that I'm doing as we speak, so yes. Um, there was kind of a a moment last year where, like, you were looking at any of his rolling charts, like, it's, oh, Max Muncy's, like, healthy again, right? Like,
0: there was a clear... Injured elbow. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah, point where his elbow got better. Um, like you saw, all of his metrics just become a lot better and healthier, and... A full healthy offseason does wonders, right? So, even though he did get healthy late in the season, um, you know, the fact that you have a normal offseason of, of not like recovering um, and trying to get healthy and just working to get better, I think players mention that a lot. Um, I think that's huge. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm all in and I think Muncie will be a great value uh,
0: this year. Okay. Now, Steve, you're up next, but I got a question here. I don't know if there's a there's a typo on the the boldness on this one. I'm kind of wondering if the if the OF was supposed to be in here or not because you got Newt Bar, but I feel like this one didn't strike me as bold enough. At least as it's uh, written.
1: Did, did I put four top forty? Uh, yeah, I got to edit that. I meant uh, either top twenty outfielder or top forty player, forty uh, overall. Okay, now, yeah, we're yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, it I'll make let's sure about, I, make sure I edit guy. that. Yeah, yeah, our guy. I mean, the, the man that needs no introduction on this podcast. It's Lars Newbar. Newbar, uh, the marriage of plate skills and power. Um, the driveline videos of him setting personal records for swing speed. Um, it's all there. I mean, you know, everybody loves him. He's you know Shohei Otani's BFF in the the the, <laughs> the, the dugout in Japan. Uh, it's just awesome. Uh, and I hope that, you know, for everyone's sake, it's just, you know, if it continues into the season, it'll just be a great, great uh, story. Um, I think Lars Neupar has all the tools and is just waiting to break out um, and should easily be a top 40 outfielder, as I wrote. Uh, but I think he'd be a top 40 player, uh,
0: chipping some steals, walk, hit for a good average with, with solid power. I think so. I mean, I think what needs to happen is the Cardinals can't screw around with his playing time, and I do think he, with his, with yeah, his on-base skills, I, I'm hoping he actually slots up and, and swaps with Tommy Edmund, who doesn't walk nearly as much.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, this is a bold prediction where it's probably going to be on everyone's bold prediction. But, you know, there is some downside that I think you're saying that, that we might not want to accept as, like, industry people are in love with him. The, the playing time might not be there. You it's know? a
0: good example, yeah, though, so. of, of yeah. where it makes more sense as a bold prediction than a chalkboard pick. Yes, Where you're absolutely. Like promise, promising yes. this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, um, it's, a, it's a newfound tradition for me to somehow fade Garrett Cole on my, my bold prediction. So my next one is that Kevin Gossman outpitches Garrett Cole. Uh, it's kind of a two-parter because on one hand, I'm a big believer in Gossman. On the other hand, I'm kind of out on Garrett Cole. Uh, So pretty much since Spingate in 2021, there's some really interesting spin rate charts for Cole where he's just never gotten to that same RPM. And the homer rates, the ERA has kind of followed. Uh, But last year, I mean, definitely Cole had the strikeouts, but he was 41st in the league in home runs per nine. And that led to him being 30th in the league on ERA. So I think we're a little too quick to just... Completely ordain Cole as SP one one, and you know when I'm looking at Gosman. On the other hand, you've got the volume with like 190 innings. You might be trading off some strikeouts. Cole's going to probably have 30, 40 more strikeouts than him. But Gosman had a 281 ERA last year, and that's with terrible luck. We talked about it with Nick Pollock on the PLV episode. Gossman's hit luck was 34, so where his actual whip was 1.24, if you removed his hits that should not have been hits, according to PLV, it drops his whip all the way down to 1.04. You put that in the mixer with the fact that the Blue Jays are going to help his win total. He's obviously got one of the best pitches in the league with the splitter, a 27% swinging strike rate. Last year, he just had a 3.9% walk rate. I think Gosman absolutely is an ace, and when I look at him next to Cole, I, I think that there's a reasonable argument for him. But there's about 50 picks between them, so maybe some people would say it's not bold enough. But I think just from ADP alone, I'm planting, I'm throwing it out there that Gosman out out pitches Cole this year.
1: I like it. I like it. I think it's bold enough. Uh, I, I think we've talked about how Gosman was a bit unlucky. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm in there. Uh, I, I think that Gaussman is an SP one, like a lock as an SP one. And I don't think he's being treated as such, uh, in the, in, in, in draft. So, yeah. uh, perfect guy to like wait on for a start
0: for SP one in my mind. Yeah, same. Uh, he, he's a big target. Uh, so Steve round us out with your fifth here for part one of the bold predictions.
1: Hunter Green wins the NL Cy Young. Oh, that's um, bold. That you know, is bold, too. It's, yeah, that that one's bold enough, not like the uh, the new par one where we're a typo there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Green, we saw what he did in the second half. It all came together. Like It just screams, like, this is another Spencer Strider, like an amazing fastball, amazing slider. Um, he figured something out in the second half, and – basically was unhittable it was only 39 31 innings i believe in the second half uh but nine starts um, one home run is the thing that like was like wow like a guy that you know i remember watching that start versus the brewers where he gave up five home runs um i think he also had like eight strikeouts there to just tell you how good he was but yeah um yeah i just think that he has the stuff to do it and is kind of discounted because of how bad that first half was and the fact that he only has two pitches. Um, but it doesn't really matter when your two pitches are two of the best pitches in the league. So, uh, yeah, I'm all in on Hunter green for 2023.
0: Yeah. It's a good one. I think, uh, you know, another thing we talked about the PLV episode. If you guys didn't listen to that with Nick Pollock, Hunter green is a PLV darling where he was like top mm-hmm. five or something uh, across the board in those metrics. Um, Yeah, just the 30% K rate. If he can get the, you know, kind of get the location in check a little bit, that slider's got a 38% whiff rate. And the dude just regularly sits like 99 miles per hour. So hard to argue, Steve. I think, uh, you know what, we've had McClanahan, we've had Strider, we've had uh, uh, Dylan Cease was one of your ones last year. And it does feel like Hunter Green is kind of in that. Perfect pocket where, like, yes, you have to pay up, but it could be the last year he, he's this cheap in drafts. So uh, I like it. I think uh, it's it's going to be interesting, man. I can't wait for the actual season to start for some of those questions to get answered because we only saw it for like five or six starts where he was truly himself, if if that's who he is. So my uh, final one for for part one here is that Taylor Ward finishes a top ten outfielder. Maybe i got to scoot this one up a little bit because he's being drafted at, at the 29th outfielder mm. in, in draft room. So I don't know if it's bold enough, but I, I don't have to <laughs> I'll, convince. I'll give you.
1: I'll give you the seal of approval. It's bold enough.
0: Okay, so top 10 outfielder. Uh, last season, we all kind of knew initially he broke out, but the end of, end of season line, 281, 23 homers, 5 steals, 138 runs plus RBIs. And the underlying numbers backed it up. Uh, Twelve percent barrel rate, which has climbed every year, eighty seventh percentile in the league. There, uh, he's just got a nice balance of like plate discipline with a with kind of solid pop. And I think really the story of last year is that he had the hamstring injury at the beginning of June. And if you kind of split the season into thirds, the first third and the last third, he pretty much averaged out at a three ten batting average. He was pacing for 30 home runs and 100 RBIs, 100 runs. It was just that June and July that was pretty dreadful and kept his overall season just good and not amazing. So I think, you know, when you when you picture the fact that he's got some speed and you got the bigger bases, some of the pickoff rules, I think we could see, a, you know, 300 season from Taylor Ward, 25 homers, maybe eight to 10 steals. And now he's batting leadoff, Uh, with the Angels. So I think uh, this is an opportunity where Ward could, you know, really rack up runs and RBIs and eclipse the top 10 in the outfield. So, unfortunately, his ADP has been rapidly climbing, Steve. I think at the start of the offseason, we were talking about him in, like, the 150s, 160s. Now it's about 100 flat. So it's tough. I didn't want to go there with the the, uh, chalkboard because – all of a sudden you got to pay for that tax. Uh But I do still think the bold prediction is that he he could really go off with the angels.
1: Yeah. um, I kind of like what the angels did. I know they're like, the Rockies in a sense where we kind of make fun of them. You know, they have Trout, they have Otani. It's like, you know, the, yeah. me- the meme going around last night was like, imagine if these two were on the same team. It's <laughs> right, like, uh, right. yeah, you know, um, it, but I, I do like their moves. Um, yeah. Renfro, they actually, Renfro, um, Brandon jury, like they have actual major leaguers at, at those sort of positions. I think they also got, um, uh, do shella who's pretty good, you know, like yeah, they Logan have it hoppy. Like, yeah. Just yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Um, So on paper, I I, I like what they did um, and really, really could think that, you know, um, it could be a big year for for Ward because it kind of it's another narrative thing that makes sense. Like with Muncie, right? Like there's a clear, okay, this went wrong. He got healthy. He was good before that. He got healthy again. He was really good again. Like you you could talk your way out of uh, uh, that slump in the season relatively realistically
0: yeah and unfortunately now you kind of got to pay the price but that's outfield tax as well so Mm -hmm. those are the first five for each of us guys we got another five each we'll keep the lightning round going but we're going to take our first ad break we'll be right back okay so steve back into the furnace here uh talk about another angel that uh could really help them maybe maybe more so than the offense
1: yeah, maybe I have to do a bold prediction of, like, the Angels winning the AL West or something like that. Okay. Uh, might might be a little crazy, but... Yeah, that'd be bold. Um, too bold. Yeah, bonus. Yeah, yeah, bonus bold prediction that probably won't come true. Uh, Reed Detmer's sub-3 ERA and 200Ks. Um, this all comes from the re- reworking of his slider. Um, after he came back, he was a totally different pitcher. Uh, you know, uh, when he had that no-hitter, like, there was, like, five walks on it, and he still, like, just clearly didn't have it and... Nick would talk about in his roundups how he was just missing that strikeout pitch. And when he did rework his slider after being sent down after that, no hitter. So a guy that threw a no hitter got sent down, like, you know, how how could that happen? But it did last year, right? That's crazy. Um, but he was a totally different pitcher since he reworked that slider. He throws four other pitchers consistently. The fastball is not great, but if there's any other improvement like that slider, like he did with the slider, um, you know, uh, th- there, there's room for, for upside of an SP1, two here. That's how good his stuff is. Like, his strikeout numbers in the minors were just ridiculous. I think, like, in his first year in, in high A, he ran, like, a 40% strikeout rate. Just video game numbers. So the stuff is there. Um, he has that great, like, little rainbow curve, too. Um, and obviously, you know, you like when you a pitcher can do something like that and improve a specific pitch because it shows that they're willing to work on it and improve and get better, and who knows what else could happen if he improves another pitch. So I like Reed Detmers a lot as a, a late target for, for high upside um,
0: uh, as, as a pitcher. Yeah, I, I, I love this one too, Steve. I think, uh, strangely, his no-hitter might have actually done bad things for his reputation of just getting like two strikeouts. So, I, you know, people kind of miss the whole – you know, at least people who switched off miss the fact that he, you know, completely found that slider. And yeah, the, some of the, the offseason reports, everything looks promising and exciting for Detmers. And man, would that be needed for the Angels staff and just their overall push. So I love that one. It is extremely bold, which I commend. And I think one of the other things is like right now, Detmers ADP only 207 like this is still a bargain you don't have to pay up too much for Detmer. so really good one there uh i am sticking with a pitcher as well it is that christian javier will finish a top five starting pitcher right now he's about the 20th starting pitcher off the board i know that we both love him steve but last year just as a reminder the 148 innings 194 strikeouts uh, but I don't want to like slide over the 148 because that's decent volume to where yeah. I think he's got a better shot at higher innings than like a Spencer Strider. And yet Strider's he didn't, going three he wasn't a starter.
1: Him. He wasn't a starter for the first like month of the season. That's right. Yeah. I mean, like, Javier up- was a waiver wire ad because like he was a bullpen guy for you know the first month.
0: Right, and and like you can see the the 240 or 254 ERA, but a .95 whip. And the fact that that whip came with a 9% walk rate, it makes you wonder if he could improve the command. You know, we could be looking at video game numbers for Javier. Mm -hmm. We all saw in the game logs last year, like there were multiple outings where he had, you know, 13 strikeouts, 14 strikeouts. So I think Javier is is simply elite when you look at some of the whiff rates. Um, Obviously, the slider is elite. Uh, The fastball is also excellent. Um, I, I just think with the Astros... Kind of leaning on him more this year. I think it's very possible he throws 180 innings and we're looking at Javier as an SP5 next year.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I'm for it. You know, I, I had a ton of shares of Javier last year. He was, you know, the ace in a bunch of my leagues. So uh, don't have to do much
0: uh, convincing for me there. Yeah, and I, I guess I should caveat that the sp5 not not an sp5 your your rotation yes, pretty yes, good if he's your yes. sp5 so oh yeah got to yeah, throw absolutely. that disclaimer out right yes.
1: there. sp5 overall, overall overall okay oh and should we not to interrupt here but i yeah. think we're using the uh, at least my caveats in my article was the rasball player rater for yeah. for for rankings so Yes,
0: that's a good good indicator. I used Nick's
1: list year. as a as a as a scoring system last year and that you know that just doesn't work because at the end of the year you're changing things for matchups things like that and you know uh don't want to just you know I, I you know yeah, not great isn't useful. Yeah, yeah, we need like we need the computer to spit
0: this out for us. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. All right, Steve, you're back up for your next one. Uh
1: another one that you'll I can't believe I have two cardinals. I I guess some you know Uh, trying to just please you with my... uh, It's almost like we talk uh, every week, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But Brendan Donovan is a top 50 fantasy player. Um, We talked about it a bunch last week. Uh, The new swing change, the added power, uh, holding the contact skills. He was a gold glove winner last year, so there's plenty of reason for him to stay in the lineup just with that alone. Um, The position versatility, he can play all over the field. Um, And, you know, it just looks like he... Put in the work of this offseason to gain more power. Like he was like, you know, I need to do more. I need to do more damage. And he went to Drive Line, or I think it was a, a different uh, facility down in New Orleans, um, but similar to Drive Line. Uh, can't think of the name right now, but you know, shout out them. Yeah. Uh, and it it looks like it's worked so far in spring training, and he's got some more power. And you know, he doesn't need to be a twenty homer hitter, but if he's a fifteen to eighteen homer hitter with with that contact skills and who knows you know maybe he runs a little more with the the bigger bases uh he could be like a five category contributor like my peak comparison is like you know like a uh you know like a like a DJ Lemayhu like mix between the Yankee power breakout and like the Coors field like you know 15 homers 15 steals 290 uh um, that's a good comp and good yeah. counting kits, good counting stats yeah
0: and he kind of plays everywhere. Like, I, I think it would it would be very on-brand for the Cardinals to spell out a handful of guys, like, four out of five games. But Donovan just always is either outfield or second or, or third or wherever. Um, one other note on Donovan is the report came out today that he will see some time at the leadoff spot. So that's kind of bad news for Tommy Edmond, maybe even Lars Newtbar. But mm-hmm. it sounds like they're going to kind of mix and match on that rotation. So... Love Donovan there. I think uh, we'll talk about him in a minute as well. My next one, after two years of fading Randy Rosarena, I had to just <laughs> give in and, and show the man some love. He's an ex-Cardinal, ex-Pioria Chief, in fact. And this one is that he's going twenty forty this year, folks. And he, he's hit 20 homers the past two seasons, uh, and that's with missing some time. So then you might ask, like, what's up with the speed? And Steve, you already talked about the bases and, you know, the pickoff rule, how you might see five guys going for 40 steals. One thing I've been looking at as kind of a sneaky metric is caught stealing because it shows mm-hmm. that willingness to run. And in 2021, Arena went 20 for 30 on the base pass. So he was caught 10 times. Last year, he stole 32 bases. He was caught 12 times. So last year, he attempted 44. You know... Another thing about a Rosarena softer analysis, but this guy just loves the spotlight. Like Mm -hmm. he's the guy who will stretch, you know, a bloop single into a triple just because he's gonna go for it. He's stealing home base. I totally could see him wanting to just grab headlines this year and go Ricky Henderson mode running like crazy. So I know you gotta pay up for ADP. It's way too pricey for me to have shares, but I am gonna back him and say (laughs) I think he could go twenty forty this year.
1: Yeah, and he's like the type of guy that you know, has those numbers in mind, right? Like he, he's he is he's keeping going score. for yeah. exactly, yeah. Like if he's at nineteen thirty eight, like he wants the other homer, he wants uh, you know, the the two more steals for those numbers. Like he's he's conscious of that. Like I remember like a when he was going for that forty forty season um like he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying for it. So, yeah. uh, you, you know, it, it's it's good for fantasy when you hear those sort of things. So I like it a lot. Uh, and, you know, been slow to come around on the Rosarino as well. But uh, I, I think he kind of is what he is at this point. You know, maybe there's a harder fall off for him because of the, the plate skills. But I don't think there's any reason why it will be this year.
0: Yeah, very cool. We well, don't have time for it, but you guys should check out, too, the story if you watched him with Mexico and the World Baseball Classic. Very cool story about how he got his citizenship there and convincing the president after he had, he had fled to Mexico and was basically a refugee, um, but convinced the president to, to make him a citizen to play, which is super cool. But
1: Amazing. I did not see that. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: awesome. So, Steve, you're, you're back up for your
1: uh, eighth bold prediction so uh this one's pretty bold, I think because uh, the guy doesn't have a closer job right now, but that's Evan Phillips leads the national League and saves um I think he is by far the most talented uh reliever in the uh Dodgers bullpen. The Dodgers have always had a reliever uh, in in you know a, a fixed role for closers. Um, I know that was Kenley Jansen for a lot of time, but they gave uh, Craig Kimball uh who was not good last year, a really long leash there. Um, I think Dave Roberts likes to have a role, and it's kind of uh, beating around that point. I know that there's a lot of other good guys in there. Um, Drew, uh, um, Bruce um yeah. Daniel Hudson uh, is also there. He's closed before. Bruce Gratterall hasn't closed, but has really good stuff. But I think maybe Gratterall might be more of a fireman role because he's like this elite ground ball guy and might have to come in and try and get a double play where Phillips is like your prototypical strikeout closer type of guy. Um so uh I, I he has the stuff to do it if he's given the role like Yep. If if Evan Phillips was named the Dodgers closer in like January, he would be drafted in the NFBC in like the fourth round.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it that's much. how good
1: his stuff is, yeah.
0: I know it, man. I'm uh, I'm cheering for it. I've got shares because you convinced me, but I'm I'm nervous just because they haven't named him. I got burned. Yes. I got burned yeah. last year thinking it was going to be. Uh, yeah, it's
1: you need to have another saves plan for yes. because just because he hasn't been named the closer. Yeah,
0: great flyer though, and in best ball, like you said, he might you know still be a valuable play just with how good he is, and will probably stumble into wins, and even if he doesn't get some saves. So, yeah, love Evan Phillips. My next one is kind of a summary. Probably don't need to even spend the full minute, but it is that <laughs> Lars Newtbar and Brendan Donovan will combine for 50 home runs. Couldn't get out of the bold predictions without hitting on a couple cardinals, so I thought there I'd kind of lump them together here. But, yes, love that, that Newtbar continues to add to that bat speed. Uh, last year, the barrel rate jumped from 4 to 12%. He had, he had a really good month in terms of pop, uh, 14th in the majors and hard hit per swing. He's he's just got elite power. His his exit velocity on fly balls, line drives, is ahead of names like Goldschmidt, Harper, Acuna. So he, he has pop. Um, and then Brendan Donovan, it's just kind of the Cinderella story of him adding muscle. He's got the the bat with the puck at the bottom. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what this will look like. Maybe it's 26-24 to get there. Maybe Newt Bar just goes off and it's like a 30-20 thing. It's definitely bold and even I would be surprised, but... I think uh, you know. Sometimes you gotta roll the dice with the cardinal devil magic. So it's kind of a, a combo package there. But I, I know you like them too. Both of those guys too, Steve. So
1: yeah, I can't disagree. They're both in my bold prediction. So yes, this one's definitely coming true. Okay, um, floor's yours. Here's another deep one. Ryan Noda goes twenty twenty. Um, I think we talked about him after we did our dynasty recap. We took him late in first year player draft. Um, Noda is a Rule 5 pick from the Dodgers uh, selected by the A's, Um, and if you don't know the Rule 5 rules, you either need to have the guy on your 23-man roster or return them to uh, the team that you selected them from in the winter. So. In theory, right, if you target Rule 5 guys, they should get playing time. Uh, there's been some, you know, Akil Badu, I believe, is one. Yep. Um, there's been a few other interesting Rule 5 guys that have kind of broken out because, like, hey, like, these guys need to play. Um, and when they're on bad teams like the A's, like, Ryan Nota should get a shot. Uh last year in the minors, I believe it was his age 25 season or 24. So he's, he's an over, was an overager, but he started the, the minors pretty late, like at 21 or 22. Uh, but I believe he went 30, 20 last year. So, uh, the power is there. The speed is there. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a deep, deep play. And obviously, uh, uh, you know, a lot needs to happen for this to be true. Um, but that being said, I think Noda kind of does have the skills to be a, a 2020 guy, uh, and could be a nice bull prediction play.
0: No, I like it, man. I uh, did not have that name on my radar, and now I believe I just grabbed him in uh, wrestling uh, a couple weeks back. So there you go. Uh, I'm in. Uh, my next one is is a deep one as well with Oscar Kolas winning the AL MVP. Colos, uh, we've talked about for the White Sox. He once was kind of that. Uh, dual position kind of the mini Otani with batter pitcher now he's fully focused as a batter it looks like he is winning that role in the outfield for the White Sox and yeah there's a lot to be excited about here not only for the 24 year old which is kind of a you know he's no spring hen for never seen a major league game but last year in double a in 50 games had 14 home runs uh you know pretty much putting together an OPS that was well into the 900s uh Colas, in terms of how he grades out, he's a 60-grade raw power. The hit tool is where they knock him, and he always had kind of a high strikeout rate. His his projected strikeout rate is 27% pretty much across the board, but his spring training caught our attention where he's had 53 at-bats, which leads the White Sox, by the way, hitting 283 in terms of the batting average, and he's striking out just 13% of the time. So I love to see that that projected strikeout rate has been cut in half so far. Obviously, you can't put too much stock in that. But even if he's like a 19-20% strikeout guy, uh, he's got three homers in these 22 games. So, you know, you kind of play the extrapolation game and it's like, you know, three homers in that time means he's on pace for like a 21-22 homer season type of thing. Um, But the, the hit tool, he's always ran a high average in the minors, always hitting above 300. So... I would not be surprised if Oscar Colas was a big payout on AL Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, uh, I like it. I mean, it looks like he is going to be given at least a chance to run with this role. I mean, everything went wrong for the White Sox last year. I think we talked about this a bunch recently, but it looks like it should be in line for them to have a big season. And, you know, you need a player like Colas to sort of, take off if that's the case and he very well could
0: yeah right now he's he's slated to hit eighth in that lineup uh they've kind of got him marked as, as platooning but that's all going to be production based so I, I think we'll just have to see yeah. what happens there. if
1: if he like he could you know he won't be platooned if he shows that he's like one of the better hitters on that lineup right like think about the outfielders the white Sox ran out last year i know eli was hurt for a bunch but there yeah. were some you know Bad, bad name. So they need, uh, you know, something like that to hit for, uh, for them there. So I would not be surprised if he took that job and run with it. Ran with it.
0: Yeah. Okay, Steve. On to you for our final bold prediction here.
1: Final bold prediction. Jesse Winker returns the form, hits 280 with 30 bombs. This is like, you know, peak 2021. <laughs> Jesse Winker. It. Um, you know, th- there was so much like and rightful hype I think leading into him last year you know had a full-time playing job despite leaving uh, Cincinnati um, and just sort of everything went wrong he was hurt he talked about how he didn't really fit into that locker room because it was a bunch of guys that came up together Um, which you know that's more soft analysis but hey that that's that's meaningful Um, so I, I just think that you know a fresh start back into a hitters environment like the brewers have done kind of okay with these sort of guys you know renfro had a good year um yelich they obviously developed and had an mvp year i, I don't expect Tellez, that Teles, les yeah there, there's some guys that there's some talented hitters that they they do really well for for reclamation prog- pro, uh, projects uh sort of and i just think that it's like kind of the perfect scenario for um for for winker and talk about a lineup that like needs a bat like they're not going to platoon him even you know if he's this good hitter this because their lineup you know constantly needs hitters like we talked about how you know they have all this pitching and just not the hitting to go with it like if he's just hold his own against lefties like he's going to be in the lineup every day um they just need you know, warm bodies essentially uh the brewers do um so i like winker a lot uh for for this for next year
0: yeah right now the the outfield for the brewers is yelich garrett mitchell and brian anderson and they've got winker at dh which i love to see because he's also been known to have a really hard time staying on the field so Mm -hmm. hopefully yeah he can maximize some ab's uh playing the dh role there and then you know still kind of get some outfield appearances just because but yeah i like it steve i think when we talked about him recently and uh, he was a, he was an auto pick in, in one of my drafts but it was <laughs> not far off from where basically there's a, a pit um, for for like an OF5 or 6 so I think it's a really good shout I mean it was just a year ago when we were all hyping up Winker and two years ago he looked like Babe Ruth so um, I, like, I like Winker he's still only 29 years old which is crazy mm-hmm. to think about for how long he's been around so I like that one a lot uh, complete opposite end of the spectrum for my final one is that Kyle Tucker finishes first overall in fantasy. Nice. It seems like for years we've just been looking at Tucker and kind of waiting for him to put it all together. And I think it's a good sign that even when, you know, managers have, you know, will, will say like, oh, it's frustrating to know tucker and you're kind of waiting for him to come around and he still finishes like a top 15 guy Mm -hmm. i think we're just waiting for that season where it all comes together and i think it's going to click the the average was 257 last year uh the homers and speed at 30 25 was very nice had 71 runs 107 rbis but he was hitting six or in the bottom third of the order now he's slated at the moment with the altuve injury to hit second and I think that's finally going to like let him into the top part of that order, and he will not leave, which should be great for those runs and RBIs to be closer to like 200-plus. And then you look at the average, which 257, his Babbitt last year was 261, and it's been over 300 the three seasons before that. Uh, you know, I think that his true, his true talent strikes me as like a 270, 75 guy, and the homers are there, the speed with the bases – Uh, His willingness to run, he got caught stealing four times last year. I think this is a 30-30 guy. He's in the better part of the order, and he's been a guy who's suffered drastically from the shift. His WOBA last year when there was a shift was 336, and when there was not a shift was 463. So I think uh, there, there could be even, you know, I don't know if you could call it a breakout, but I think Tucker could emerge as the top guy in fantasy this year. Number two in the league in the PLV strike zone judgment. I just think he's the total package, and this could be the year that he finally does it. So that's my last one there, Steve, for Tucker. Do you have any? Do you have any shares, Steve?
1: Um, I don't. I haven't really picked like his range. Uh, I love Kyle Tucker though, and I think it's a great point with the shift. Like that's the only sort of thing that was holding him back, and like he's even had you know stretches where you know remember I think it was twenty twenty one where. He had, you know, I think he was hitting like two twenty going to the man and then finished with like a two ninety average. saw He hit like three thirty for, you know, three fourths of the season. Like he's he's done it before. Um so uh, I I really like it with with Kyle Tucker. I think
0: it's I think it's a great call. Yeah, and Tucker where is his ADP right now? We'll find out. I think out.
1: it's like seven around there, seven or eight.
0: Yeah, yep. ADP's at seven, so I don't know if it's all that bold, but I think people would still be kind of surprised if he was. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's catch our breath, Steve. Uh, that was a lightning round. We did pretty good. I think we, we got did good. yeah. 20 picks uh, and a couple breaks in there. And uh, now we can talk about our chalkboard picks. Some of these might have some overlap, but we got to take our second ad break and we'll be right back. All right. So, Steve the chalkboard uh you know for for the viewers for the listeners just give them a brief synopsis of kind of why we came to this and, and kind of how it all works
1: yeah so we wanted to basically be accountable we wanted to pick guys that we liked or disliked more or less than the market um and sort of stick with them all year and and, and come back and 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 recap and and say, hey, these are the guys that we're putting up on a chalkboard. It's going to be up there all year. We're going to come back and look at it and sort of be accountable. You know, not that you know, it's like a widespread issue, but, you know, you recommend all these guys and then you kind of forget about them, whether they do good or not. You know, I'm sure you hear about them if they do good. Uh, but if not, um, you know, you, you kind of look it. back and yeah, you own it. Um, and I think we have sort of learned from it and learned how to be better at it. And I think we were a lot better at it last year. Um, you are yeah, and, and, and well, at least in the process, though, too, right? Like, yeah. you know, um, process over results. So, um, I think it was a, a fun activity. Now, I cannot believe, like, we said at the top of the show, it's year three of the chalkboard. Crazy, crazy stuff.
0: Year three. So, basically, how this works is we each have two targets, we each have two fades, and the rule is that they have to finish 20% higher or lower than their ADP mm-hmm. based on the Raz Ball player rating. so Uh, Steve, with that said, let's uh, kick us off with target number one for you this year.
1: Target number one for me. Um, Who do I have here first? Um, That is Matt Olsen. So we've talked about it. It's not not a surprise uh, how much both of us, I believe, um, like Matt Olsen. And I just think he is getting docked far too much for what he did uh, last season, which wasn't even that bad a year. I know the batting average is low, maybe not as much power as as uh, as many people hope for, but you know he's tearing the cover off the ball this spring. We've talked about how it sometimes take a year to adjust to a new environment. Like that park is great, the lineup is great. Matt Olson should have a monster 2023, and I think you know he will be drafted again, like he was heading into 2022. Uh, uh, ahead of that after that trade from oakland to um atlanta you know he hit 39 homers right in, in oakland right he he could easily hit 40 in, in atlanta Absolutely. i think he'll be like you know that mid-20s pick again um sort of up there with the top you know this the back end of the top tier first baseman in 2024 so uh, i like Olson to ride up uh, draft boards
0: I love it, man. I I just I wish my home league draft was sooner than it is because he's already (laughs) moving up draft boards. Yeah, yeah. Felt like it was fifty a month ago, then it's forty, then it's now it's thirty nine. So he'll have to finish thirty second or lower. But I'm with you. I think he really can. And to me, the name of the game will just be that the batting average where it was two forty last year, but the the X average was much higher on list. had him at a 267. He was, he's another guy who got shifted on a lot. So, yeah, I love that one. Uh, mine is, is an easy one. It's Kevin Gossman, whose ADP is at 65. So I would need him to finish uh, in the top 52 for me to make good on this prediction. But I think for all the reasons I laid out earlier on the bold prediction that it is going to happen. Um, you know, just he was very unlucky last year. I think the strikeout rates with the volume of innings pitched is a great combination. And the fact that, you know, as good as he was last year, he was super unlucky. So, uh, you know, once all that stuff kind of gets corrected, I really like Gossman. I don't know that he's still going to be like a 2-5 you know, two, two, ERA guy, but I don't think he needs to be. Uh, the environment environment might look different all around, but I think Gossman is good enough to where he will be an SP1 and he should crack the top fifty. So I'm planting the flag, and I really hope I get Gossman in more leagues. I have him in one so far, but a couple more drafts. So we'll see. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, Steve. Now we got to switch over to to the haterade and uh, look at the fades. So first fade for you. This one's on brand. I'll say that much.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's been known. Uh, Bobby Witt. Um, I, I just do not like the cost this year um it is just way way too high for a guy that has a a sub um 800 OPS, and I I don't know if it's going to be much higher than that. I could be proven wrong. Like, he could easily have a 30 40 season and be like a top five pick next year. Um, That is well within their range of uh, accountability. Maybe this should have been a bold prediction, but hey, he only needs to finish uh, lower than the 13th player to to justify that. Just shows how high Bobby Witt is going. So, um, fade one Bobby Witt, I just think that the price is being, you know, extrap, you know, just so high because of the the 20 homers and 30 steals as a rookie. I think that I think he's going to repeat last year, which is still really good, but it's not the 11th overall pick.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that that's still cuz what he was 20-30 and hit like 250, is that right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: around okay. around there. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah cuz I was going to ask. I think you're totally right. He could be a top 5 guy next year. On the other hand, there's not that much Like, he only needs to slide back a little bit for this to to be a check for you. So my question is, if you were to throw, like, a number on where you think Witt would finish in terms of, like, 5 by 5 ranks, like, where do you think he will finish? 30. Okay. So, yeah, even farther back. Yeah, yeah, I think where, that's, where, did, where did he finish right. where
1: did where did you finish last year? Do, you, do we know where you finished last We'd year? We'd have to look that up. But yeah, that okay.
0: I would imagine it's somewhere around there. Um because the average, you know, it's mainly the steals that you were getting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um can look that up. Not gonna do it right now, but yeah. Uh, so my first fade is actually Ozzy Albies. And right now his ADP is at fifty one, so this would have to have him moving to sixty-one. But I think Albies, you know, it's just been there, there are a couple things working against him. Obviously, he had a couple injuries last season that just kind of nagged. And it was one of those situations where it was like, you got to throw out last season altogether because he hit 247. He only had eight home runs. Yes, it was in 64 games. But now, in the meantime, Michael Harris' second has erupted. They brought in Austin Riley. All of a sudden, Albies sees or finds himself at sixth in the batting order. He's not cemented in kind of that top three. So I'm just kind of looking at Albies and honestly, the hit tool, you know, it's the year before last, it was 259. So I just wondering if his true talent is like a 260 hitter. And I know he had like, you know, some, some Homer surges here and there, but with a full year off last year, I'm wondering if there's some second base tax on this ADP uh, I could just see Albies basically being like a 2020 guy that hits uh like a 265 average and I don't think that's enough to justify like a top 50 pick. Um so that's that's my thought on Albies. I think some of its circumstance. I don't you know, I don't hate Albies. I have him in a dynasty league and I'm not in a hurry to to sell him, but cuz he's just 26, that said I think uh you're really paying for prime Albies when to me, there's a little bit of a question mark that he has to get out there and kind of show that he's back. So that's my first fade. What are your What are your thoughts on Albie's? I, I think
1: Albie's was my first fade last year, right? Um, oh yeah, because so, he
0: was going like pick thirty or something,
1: or or uh, or was it two years ago? And I was wrong on him. Uh, I I, I kind of forget, but I, I, I forgot um,
0: about that too. I thought it was last year though.
1: Yeah, I uh, could be wrong, but um, either way, uh, I, I, I think that. You know, uh, it the the logic is correct, and it's kind of another guy that gets bumped up for his speed. Doesn't have the greatest, you know, contact skills and and plate discipline. Has that platoon splits. There's always been that threat of like you know, Albie should only hit from one side. So, um, I understand it, and, and 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 I'm with you there. Uh, I, I think that, you know, maybe the. The second base inflation, too, is, is tough there on him. And, and I think that's only going to shoot up. I think that you're probably going to get, uh, it, you know, if we did the show in a week, uh, his ADP would be higher just because of the news to Altuve. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I think that it, the logic is sound there.
0: Yeah, I guess it's worth pointing out that he might run more if he's hitting six in the order. and. He did. He only stole three bases last season in the sixty-four games, but he got caught stealing five times. So maybe there is yeah. a propensity to run, but he's not I like an know.
1: elite sprint speed guy, too. Either I don't think so. I think it's good, but not like
0: absolutely elite, like burner speed, too. Yeah, yeah. Last uh, last, I mean, a couple of years ago, yeah, eightieth percentile. Last year, fifty-fourth percentile. So, yeah, it's just a lot of uh, you know good at a lot of things, and to me. I don't know that that all adds up to like a top fifty player. So that's that's my fade. But let's uh, jump back to target number two for you, Steve. Target
1: number two for me, uh, also on my bowl predictions. Uh, that's Hunter Green. Um, he is currently ADP one thirteen, so we need to rise to ninety. Uh, if he wins the a- 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 NL Cy Young, he's going to be a lot better than ninety, right? I think that <laughs> you know he is the quintessential pitcher around pick one hundred that just has everything, is just kind of there because that's where he's being drafted and doesn't have the biggest track record. Um, I I think Hunter Green is going to shoot up draft boards for all the reasons why I wrote
0: about, talked about, uh, love him. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to our show last year, Steve, just to kind of remember how we structured, and you you got to Dylan Cease, and I think it was like he had to go from 88 to 72 or something, and we had the conversation that – He's not going to finish seventy-two. He's either going to be yeah like yeah top thirty or he's going to you know blow up and the the this is what green is yes and this yes. is green. I mean, you look at it and it's just like he's either as rocky as he was for the first four months of the season or he's as elite as he was for the last month of the season. Maybe there's a little bit of a middle ground, but I think even if it is a mix, then it's probably going to be a mix like Dylan Cease was a, mm-hmm, a couple of years mm-hmm. ago where he would mm-hmm. eclipse this. So I think, uh, you know, he's got that Robbie Ray, whatever it is, where it's just like, even if he has takes some lumps, he, he's going to be so good when he's on that. I agree. Does yeah, like the like, as,
1: the, like the elite cherry bomb. Yeah. Like yes, exactly. Cease, which, yeah, yeah.
0: which does make me seem or make me feel like his best format is probably Roto or best ball in a weekly league i could see him being a little bit oh, frustrating yeah, yeah if, that's true, you know, true. He just could ruin a matchup yeah yeah but yeah. um overall love love the pick and i am in it's it is wild man that his adp in our earliest drafts was like 111 and it has just kind of stayed there the whole off season. people have like loved him but he's kind of just stayed in that range which is kind of crazy Um, My second target is Nico Horner, who we already talked about. Um, I just love the circumstance. I think the runs, which are always the most overlooked stat in 5x5, I think the runs are going to surge this year. I think he's got a true hit tool that's up there, like a 285 uh, on a true talent level and could steal 25, 30 bags. He's not a zero in homers, and I think he's going to rack up a ton of runs, so... Nico Horner, whose ADP is 139, would have to jump all the way up to 111. But I'm willing to place a bet there that I think uh, Horner is just going to fill up the stat sheet this year with the Cubs. So that's my second target. And Steve, we've already hit on him, but we'll we'll go ahead and move to fade two for you, a guy who we haven't talked about as much, but it's I think you mentioned a few shows back that you were not buying in here.
1: Yeah, Jake Jake McCarthy, he is, uh, you know, my mile straw uh, of this year. He might not be as bad of a hitter, but um, he seems like he, you know, is being drafted solely for that speed where, you know, I don't think this is going to be needed with, with how much I think stolen bases are going to go up, right? Like, I don't think there's going to be this tax on, like, the steal-only guys. Like, they're going to be more prevalent. Um, at least that's my theory. Um, with McCarthy, you know, a lot more goes into it. His batted ball skills are just not great. He doesn't hit the ball that hard um and the arizona outfield is crowded and could get crowded really quickly like he could play himself out of uh out of playing time i know they got rid of Show and traded into the blue jays but they have alec thomas they have you know corbin carroll like those guys aren't gonna sit like you know i think they're gonna want to see what they have in alec thomas he was a top prospect heading into last year so um you know if, if he does not perform like they're they're not just going to let him go out there, you know. They're going to want to see what they have, especially as they try to get into a rebuild and see what other prospects they have there. I know they had like Gavin Stone last year who was pretty good, but they traded him, so they're going to want to churn and burn these guys to find someone that they want. And if if you know if Jake McCarthy's bad isn't doing it, like they should easily be able to replace him, which I think could happen. Kind of what happened to, to Straw in Cleveland last year.
0: Yeah, it's. You know, you look at what he did in twenty twenty one in the majors, twenty four games, super small sample size, but he only hit two twenty. And then last year he hit two eighty three, but that was with the three forty nine BABIP. His xBA was actually two forty nine. Um, the fact that he is slated to hit third makes me feel like they'll give him a little bit of of run to to like see what they got here in a twenty five year old. But all that to be said. Yeah, I I don't know that um, anyone going that high. It, it feels like it's a steals tax, and the average and the pop and everything around it could be just kind of you know mediocre, which would take him out of that range. So you got you have to get him from one eleven overall to outside of the the. Oh, I'm sorry, one fourteen to one thirty seven for this to be true. And I, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good one. Um, I don't have any shares. I'm just, uh, I guess, seeing what the Diamondbacks are going to do this year. They have him batting third. Who's around him? I mean, you got Corbin Carroll, uh, Christian, Christian Walker. Christian Walker. We haven't talked about yep. as much. yeah,
1: yeah. We I think we should like him more than uh, than. He- then you know the fact that we haven't mentioned him off all off season where he was kind of like a our, our we boy liked last him going year. into it yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Um, he's
0: kind of sneaky but and yeah. you know we've
1: been, we've been focusing on getting first baseman early that's kind of been a big theme of ours so um, for sure
0: no but I, I, I think it's a good it's a good fade pick it it makes sense for sure. Um, And then mine to round out, uh, it's another positional one, but it's Adley Rushman. Uh, Adley's ADP right now is 63. So this would have to have him moving back to 76. You know, it's... The hard hit rates weren't great. Um, I know that he's flashed some promise with, with the pop in the minors, but a 254 average, you know, last year, 113 games, only 13 homers. Just wondering if people are so excited about the the real life player mm-hmm. here in adley that we're getting away from the fact that like you know you put in a full season here and what are we talking about is it like 22 homers he bats 260 to me that's kind of a good outcome and he should have good runs and RBIs hitting in the heart of that order but he's still a catcher the he's probably going to get rested you know on the 5th or 6th game so I don't know. I just don't see the investment here. Like, it's easier for me to look at, like, a Will Smith um, in the past. Even I was in on Grandal last year. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Adley has that, like, 25-plus homer power. And maybe I'm wrong on that. But, yeah, the, the hit, you know, he's not like a Alejandro Kirk where he's going to bat 290, 300. So all in a package. And then you tell me it's like a fifth-round pick at ADP 63. And I'm out, so that, that's my second fade. I have no shares. Uh, I don't know, Steve. You actually might. Have you grabbed him in one of your leagues?
1: Um, I don't know if I did. I did last year uh, quite a bit as like a catcher one sort of upside play. And it was, you know, all right, but definitely a much better real-life player than fantasy player. Uh, and I think an underrated thing, too, is Camden's not the best place to hit. Um, yeah, good point. I know he's a switch hitter, but uh, not going to, you know, Get any cheap home runs uh, over to uh, to right field or to left field there. So um, yeah, I, I I see it. I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, he'll probably finish around that that value. Um, you know, which probably be a catch, top five catcher where he's being drafted, but might not be like the the league winner, amazing catcher that that you're kind of hoping for. So I, I see it.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. He's not going to end up at like a 130 rank or anything. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't know any Orioles single
1: did, Orioles did good, really well last year. Um, are they going to do as well next year? You know, the progress isn't always linear. Um, I don't know if they massively improved, right? Um, so it could be a, a tough year there. I, I could see that uh, sort of being a little bit of a reality check down there in Baltimore.
0: Yep. Okay, man, that was uh, a handful of names to get through, Steve, but we... We, we did, it. did it. We did it, man. And, uh, you know, next show is opening day, which is huge. Do you uh, have anything planned? You're going to have the triple monitors out?
1: Oh, yeah, the triple monitors out. You know, this is probably going to be my last opening day in this apartment, but, you know, I'll have to set up a, a triple monitor in, like, a, a basement or office, wherever I get it when we do uh, get a bigger place. Can't be in this one-bedroom apartment with a... Ten month old now, uh,
0: yeah. So. I'll never forget yeah. Lauren dropping that in the the wedding vows. Oh yeah, it's like oh, even yeah. when Steve has his three monitors going watching yeah. baseball. Yeah. Shout out to Winds Above Fantasy and all your yeah. buddies. Turning point. It's Absolutely, yeah. Legendary. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's
1: it's amazing. It's amazing. The, yeah. Shout out to Lauren there too for, for letting me do that. Um, but yeah, I, I cannot believe it. Right? It's it's final here. We're a week away. Our last show where there won't be baseball on for another six months, right? It's, it's an incredible feeling.
0: Yeah, we're going to have uh, a lot of answers, at least, you know, small sample size answers, but position battles, you know, hot starts, all that stuff, which if uh, you guys are, are wondering what we got next week, we are going to do kind of a primer for opening weekend, looking at uh, players that basically we've got a close eye on to where if they kind of go off in that first weekend, we might be quick to pounce on the waiver wire. So be sure to tune in next Thursday and every Thursday throughout the regular season. Baseball is back folks. So we could not be more excited to talk with you every week and more grateful for you guys tuning in. But that is episode 92 for wins above fantasy. Thanks for talking baseball with us. Thanks for listening guys.